think the things that still to this day impress me with Glenn is he has an ability to take a leap of faith with people. He has that ability to trust and, and to let you run, um, you know, and let you just go and, and do what you do best. And he doesn't question, he just lets you go. So it, it, was, it was a pretty fun way to start at a new company. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 283 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, we're going to visit with Stacey Onan. She is the president of brokerage operations for eXp Realty. eXp has done some amazing things since uh, 2009-ish when it launched, but the last in the last few years have just been a, an incredible ride. I can't wait to talk to Stacy about uh, their model with brokerage. You know, having just one broker per state, uh, where allowed, and, uh, and and a whole lot of other things about how she uh, learned the business up in Prescott, Chino Valley area of Arizona uh, to today, where she's uh, doing a whole lot of great things with EXP. So let's get this thing started. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. It's good to see you. It's been forever. Yeah, it's been so long. It's it's funny, you know. I I still have some great connections with all of those people from Phoenix, right? And and you and I have a, a dear mutual friend in Holly Mabry. Uh, we're going to talk about her a little bit. Uh, yes. My second guest on the podcast back in 2015, and uh, I remember it was on Twitter. I saw Holly comment on something that Jay Thompson posted, and I connected with her on Twitter and started. It just started this. Um, real deep connection with a whole bunch of people in, in really in Arizona, we'll call it, yeah. that we're doing some amazing things. And you were part of that. Yeah, we. it's funny, Arizona, you know, even as much as I don't get to work in it every day as much anymore, it is really cool that it, those groups have just, they just keep coming back to each other. You may disappear for three or four months, but you never fully lose touch. You know, I still get to talk to Jim Sexton here and there. And some of those relationships are just ones you'll never forget. Jim, the godfather of real estate in Arizona. Right? I, I think he's amazing. Yeah. I have always <laughs> called him my broker crush, mostly because it turns his face really red. And that's always fun. <laughs> you know, but I look back and think of how much I learned from, you know, my time with him, you know, and how much I learned from getting to talk to like Scott Drucker and Rick Mack and, you know, just, just all those connections in Arizona that just change that depth of knowledge that you carry after that. Yeah. You lived up in the, when I, when we first met, you weren't living in, I lived in Gilbert, but you weren't down in the Southeast Valley. You were up in the, the hill country, I guess we'll call yeah. it Prescott area, yeah. but, yeah. but you're not a native of Arizona. Where did you grow up and how did you get to Prescott? So I, I was born and raised in Kansas city, both sides of the line, Kansas and Missouri. So I'm that odd duck that everybody in my family says can't exist. I, I love my chiefs, but I also love my Broncos. Wow. I know it's crossing party lines. You're not supposed to do That's, it, but I do. They're, the same, they're also in the same division. That's rough. I know. You know, Elway was there when I was a kid. Chiefs were not so good when I was there as a kid. Right. So I kind of liked both. Um, and then I moved to Arizona at about 13. And I lived down in the Valley, um, went up to NAU for college, and then went back to the Valley and decided, oh, no, this is not for me. So I literally found an ad in the newspaper for somebody that was renting out a room in Prescott grabbed a job, took off to Prescott at 23, didn't know a soul. Just thought, okay, let's just go for a change and ended up, I think I was 20, 
97 when I started real estate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think NAU, a lumberjack. That's great. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the lost little stepchild of the schools in Arizona, because everyone thinks ASU, U of A, but Absolutely. NAU is an amazing campus up in Flag. I mean, it is, right? That's yeah, where my husband cool. graduated from as well. So that's nice. cool. Yeah. You, you, um, you mentioned the Chiefs. I, you know, I do live in the Tampa Bay area now. So I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I guess, but, I know, not, really. but not really. Not really. Not sorry, really. Not sorry. Not, yeah, exactly. I don't blame you. <laughs> you got, I don't look, blame you. you. The Chiefs are going to have a lot of fun for the next 10 years. With, oh, with we, are. Oh, we are. We are. Going to be a nice run. Yeah, Matthew there. And, and I'm a huge Matthew fan. I, would, yeah. I loved him from the Cardinals, so I've still got his yeah. Cardinals jersey, so yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I love it. Tell me, um, Prescott, it, it is about 5,000 feet in elevation. It yep. gets regular snow in the winter, mm-hmm. yeah, in Arizona. Yep. It reminds me of um, either like Mayberry RFD or Back right. to the Future. How's that sound? Both <laughs> okay. and all of it. You know, I yeah. when I first started real estate up there, um, we still met every single week in person, all the different offices, and we did tours with each other. And it was it was even such a tight knit group. I, I swear it was the best place to cut my teeth in real estate because if if one of my clients showed up at your office, somehow that agent would figure out, you know, you've been with somebody and they'd ask. And the next thing you know, they'd be sending your client back to you. Like it was just it it, it didn't stay like that forever. But that was where I got to cut my teeth was just with that group where it didn't matter as much which office you were in. You knew the other agents in town had your back. And, yeah. and I, I just, it, that was where I started my real estate company with a lender friend of mine and a builder friend of mine. And it, it was really fun. Did subdivision developments, uh, land acquisition, entitlements, planning and zoning developments. It was fun. It was just a cool area. You, you really got to play in all aspects of real estate. Yeah, that'd have been harder to do at a say a big brokerage down in the valley, right? That'd have been really, really tough to, to try to create that. You, you know, you mentioned so you went to school. For, uh, what was your degree in? It was it, it had nothing to do with real estate. I'm so just guessing. No, it was not. Um, I was going to school for accounting, and I never even finished. I mm-hmm. ended up not finishing, going back down to the valley, and then hitting Prescott. And I did the books for a construction company there for okay. quite a while. I'd been doing them for a different one in Phoenix, and then. I know you asked me prior to this, like what took me to real estate? Yeah. I don't know. I still to this day don't remember why. Well, wasn't that like aha moment where you're like, I think I can do this, even though I don't, there's, even though it's all commission, because that's always a scary jump. It was. Um, I, I did both jobs in the beginning. I sat mm-hmm. floor all weekend, every weekend, worked my Monday through Friday job, did it in the evenings and weekends until I got to a point. And then it was so funny because I'll never forget this lady named Cami Imperia and her husband was Kevin Imperia. And I was trying so hard to get out of doing the accounting, but I'd done it for them for so long. I was comfortable. So they didn't want to let me go. Right. So I finally sold this couple a house and she had an accounting background. And so my way of getting out of doing accounting anymore was I sold her a house and got her into my old job. And that was how I finally was able to quit (laughs) and go to real estate full time. Yeah, that's great. And then the, 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 Opening up your own brokerage. I mean, how, you're probably in your late 20s, early 30s when you do this? I was. Um, so I had just gotten the 30 under 30 from NAR. So it was the next year. So I think I was literally like just at 30 because okay. I got it like right at 29. Okay. And then I turned 30 and it was one of those where I was doing so many subdivisions and I was working this Williamson Valley Ranch and doing all the developments. And I moved on to truthfully just sell by myself. 
Like it was like, you know what? I don't need the hassles of all this. I'm just going to go open my own brokerage. Mm-hmm. I worked for, I worked with builders and I sold their stuff, did their develop, you know, like, cause we'd go from finding the land, going through the entitlements, breaking down the subdivision, public reports. Then I would sell them for the builder as well. So I got kind of to do the whole process beginning to end. And I just thought, okay, I'll go do this by myself. And within like five months, I had 16 agents that had moved over in our town. And it was just like, what am I doing? (laughs) This wasn't where I thought I was going to go. But sure enough, I mean, that is what ended up being just changing for everything I've done ever since. Were you, is, am, I, am I right in thinking Prescott Valley? Like you're one of the people responsible for that? Was that so where you were building? I was building? in Chino Valley. Oh, um, okay. And right. so I did developments in Chino Valley and then Williamson Valley area. Okay. Beautiful area. Did a bunch yeah. of Williamson Valley Ranch and some was out there. Did some out in, um, back in Chino Valley, even out in Paulden. So my office was in Chino Valley. In fact, I just finally sold the building this early this year. I had rented wow. it. Um, when I sold my brokerage to Keller, they, they retained, I leased them the building. All right. So they had stayed in it. Let's, let's talk about Holly Mabry for a little bit. Just yeah. She's amazing. Um, you, you connected with her somewhere in this time up there because she's in Cottonwood, right? She's always yeah. been in that part of the, uh, the, the hill country. I keep calling it. How did you uh, get together? Um, you know, you formed a, you formed a business together. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I was right after I had sold my brokerage to the Keller Williams up in Prescott, um, Doug Bunch, awesome guy, sold my brokerage to him and I had agreed to stay on. And so I stayed on his um, ALC and did some mentoring for him in the office and just helped out. And they hired Holly to be the broker. And that was the first time I'd ever met her. Um, And to say that we literally just became fast friends. Um, might have had something to do with, you know, beers after work and things along those lines, but we quickly became fast friends. And um, I remember I had had someone, my lead listing agent on my team at the time, because I had a team and my lead listing agent quit because she told me that it felt like a J-O-B, which has always made me laugh to this day. And I, I always tell every real estate agent who's struggling that if you have yet to realize that it is a J-O-B, you are doing something very wrong. Right. J-O-B all day long, all day. you know, all day, every day. <laughs> and so when, when I lost that listing agent, um, Holly said, Hey, I want to come. I want to sell with you. And, uh, she was a broker at the time. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a leap. Yeah. So she did. She stepped away from being broker. We started a real estate team together and then I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't too long after that when we decided, you know, I had thought I was done brokering thought I was done all of that. I just was going to go sell and I was selling again. And then all of a sudden I started teaching again. And that was when Holly was kind of that slap in the face. And she said, you know, you said you never wanted to broker again, but you're quickly into teaching, which is pretty much the same as brokering. Just a different level. So we did, we started a real chaos solutions, which so fits us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to, anyone that is heading towards um, Prescott, you know, Pacino Valley that way, you know, little nice little side detour as you're headed maybe at a flag. Make sure that you um, you check out either call Holly or, or get connect with Stacy. I'm sure for some of the best little brew pubs up there. Oh, there are too. And there's some wineries up there that, oh, amazing yeah. stuff. That's great. I love that. Um, somehow we got to get you back. You ended up living in Gilbert. What brought you back down, down, down to the flatland? Uh, a man. Ah, all right. Good. I'd been single for about nine years and um, 
my my best one of my other I, the two best friends at Prescott Holly and a lady named Jennifer Gasho and Jennifer's now my cousin because she was Dawn's cousin and she spent about five years trying to get the two of us to date and we both finally relented and said we'll go on one date just one if everybody will one leave date. us alone yeah uh, three day date <laughs> married <laughs> for about eight years since <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it yeah. Yeah, so you're back down there you um you connected with were you part of John Hall? Where were you? How did you? How so did that I work had out? met, I know, right? I had met Jim through teaching and through okay. stuff at AAR. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I think at the time we were rewriting GRI for Barb and doing a bunch of stuff on the classes gotcha. for the GRI stuff. And I remember one day, it was the funniest thing. I was driving down, I'll never forget it, driving down the 202. <laughs> yeah. And Jim calls out of the blue. And he's like, okay, I sent you an email months ago and you didn't answer. And I'm like, trust me, I would never not answer the sextant. Like, you don't do that, right? I said, yeah. I swear to you, I didn't get it. So he's like, well, it's different this time. And he's like, I've researched it. This is like five minutes from your house. You can't tell me no. I want you to come and come back to brokering and manage one of our offices. And I ended up meeting Pat Kelly, great guy. And within about three days, I remember calling my husband back and saying, I took a job and he's like, you weren't looking for a job. <laughs> I said, I know, but it's that, it was that chance to get back to brokering, which I really missed um, and, and get to go work with Jim, which was yeah. something I, I really wanted to go do. Was this before or after the acquisition of John Hall? Uh, this was not too long after. I think okay. it about a year or a year and a half after. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I do lose my timing. And then when I was at, when I was there with them, um, Kuba had me doing some of his operations stuff. Um, yeah. you know, Kuba did, I, I have to give Kuba and Pat and, and Jim and everybody credit. I had gotten in a, a pretty bad car accident about four or five months after starting there. And they spent the next year through all my surgeries and rehab, really just figuring out how to make sure I could stay engaged and, and still provide them value. And so I had kind of at the time stepped back from some of the brokering and went, just moved into his operations because it was okay. a little easier with that. And so it's funny, that was how I just kind of took everything I'd done running mine and, and running the other businesses and then ran Kuba as part of his operations with him and Pat. And All of that knowledge turns into um, a pretty cool opportunity. And that's, right? that's what gets us then to where you're at today with uh, EXP. So what did that look like? Um, you know, I, I'm always curious how, how that process works where EXP, you know, knows, you know, you, I don't know if you'd ever met Glenn. So we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. You're shaking your head. No, not, yeah, so let's talk about it. So I had gotten a call from Mary Francis. Sure. So Mary Francis Coleman, mm -hmm. um, we had been in the same teaching circles and, and it's funny, right. we had talked about working together. Um, she'd offered me a position at one of the places she was at, didn't work out at the time. I'd offered her one at one of the places I was at, didn't work out at the time. <laughs> Three's the charm. Yeah. Um, so she, I, I remember one day I got a text from Mary Francis. It was three words. Are you happy? <laughs> wow. I like that. What does that mean? <laughs> I like that. Um, and she basically said, you know, I have a challenge for you. I have something that I think is, is going to do it for you. She's like, it'll take everything you're doing in that Western area for Cuba. And, and now you get to do it all over the country. And she started talking to me about EXP. And right before I accepted the job, I, I'll never forget this one. I had an interview with um, Jason Guessing and yeah. Vicky Bartholomew. And I was driving down the road and I pulled over to the side of the road to talk to them. And, and Jason, 
at that point, I, I can probably credit Jason for that final yes, because I was on the, I still had barely, I don't even know if I'd spoken to Glenn yet. Like, I don't even think I'd met Glenn yet. I'm pretty sure they hired me without poor Glenn ever laying his eyes on me. So <laughs> talk about a leap of faith. But yeah. I remember Jason and he asked me, you know, he said, tell me about you. And you know, that awkward feeling when you feel like, it's uncomfortable talking about my career. Like you just, it's not comfortable, right? So you fly through it in like 30 seconds because you're like, I, I don't like brag. It's whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. And what I loved was what Jason said next. He was like, you know what? I really like all that, but I'm more interested in you. Like, what do you like to do? What what makes mm. you happy? What do you enjoy? Um, and of course, we got into sports and, and everything. And I learned that, you know, Jason likes the filler sport baseball. Well, I like the real sport football. But other than that, we hit it off really well. And I just remember hanging up from that call and realizing that, you know, Jason approaches everything as more than just business, more than just, you know, yeah. what, what can you give him? What can you do for him? He, he cares about you as a human. And, and so then I, I had said yes, and we did the agreement. And then it was fascinating because from there, the things I remember was, you know, I, I had probably a 45 day notice period because it takes a while to get moved over when you're the broker, right? Yep. Yep. And they were so patient with that. But what I loved was, Glenn didn't miss a beat with that. By now, Glenn was like, well, you're coming. So instead of holding back and waiting until, you know, you're there, he just did everything he could to embed me and get me up to speed and let me see behind the curtain and see where I was coming. And I think it was probably a solid first 30 days there that it's 6 a.m. every morning, Glenn Sanford met me in the world to go over Trello boards and show me how what he'd had set up. And, and, and then it was just, I think the things that still to this day impress me with Glenn is he has an ability to take a leap of faith with people. He has that ability to trust and, and to let you run, yeah. um, you know, and let you just go and, and do what you do best. And he doesn't question, he just lets you go. So it, it was, it was a pretty fun way to start at a new company. Would, would you agree with this assessment? This is what I think of when I think of Glenn. He's one of the most genuine people I've ever met. Yeah. I, yeah. I, for lack of a better word, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's similar in, in me in that we, we both have a pretty strong introverted side. Um, you know, conferences, by the time you're done, I think we're both done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he also has a, there's a comfort about him. Um, you know, he's, what I hear a lot from the agents is he's easy to approach and he's easy to just talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't come with airs. He, he, he doesn't come with any of that. Um, he doesn't come believing he knows it all either. You know, he's more than willing to always listen to someone else, read a new book, learn something new. So yeah, pretty fascinating that way. You, it's funny you mentioned, you know, going off to see Glenn in the world, which is, you know, yeah. kind of, that's definitely EXP language that you would yeah. hear. Um, because now, you can live anywhere in the world, can you? Can't yes, you, you can. Yeah. So, tell can you tell everybody where we're having this conversation from? I'm in Puerto Rico. <laughs> You've relocated to Puerto Rico. Yes, we are. That is amazing. Yes. So, yeah. is there is there a story there? Is there is there a connection there, or is it just something you thought about? It's funny. Um, my husband and I both knew we were not going to stay in Arizona. Okay. And so, um, you know, eventually. We just figured it was the right time. Um, it, it was the right time to do it. And we opened in Puerto Rico. So the opportunity couldn't have been better. Right. Um, it was fun to do. And, it you know, we 
Belize was one of the areas I'd always been looking at, truthfully, is I, mm. Belize. And here's the funny part. Belize and Idaho. <laughs> yeah, right? But um, I, I know, right? Could you get any further apart? Um, but what I think I loved was, um, you know, Puerto Rico is just stunning. For, for starters, it's gorgeous. I'm a water girl. You put me anywhere near the ocean. And if I can see it, touch it, feel it, smell it, hear it, I'm the happiest person in the world. So mm. realizing that we'd opened here and it gave me the opportunity to go ahead and come here. Um, it was like, why wouldn't we? Like, that was basically where we came to was why wouldn't we? Like, yeah. let's go. Let's have an adventure. If after five, 10 years, we decide to go somewhere else, well, you can do it. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I yeah. think that's great. You... um Typical day for you. You're the president of brokerage operations for EXP Realty. There's, I, I think, did I hear right? I think you just passed 50,000 agents yeah. worldwide. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, what's a typical day look like for you um, with, with, in an operation where with 50,000 agents, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know, 4,000 brokers or right. 2,000 brokers. And you have about, you have about 50. <laughs> Funny. First, so yeah, for, first I laugh at the word typical. I, I'm not sure what that is. Okay, um, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, in an atypical day, which is every day, you know, it, we do, we have over 50,000 agents and, and agents all have access on workplace. Like everyone in the company has access to everyone. In my department, between our agent experience staff, our broker state teams, and then our payment processing there's about 700 staffers in my little group, of which about probably right about 120 of them are what we consider brokers, each state for the most part. And there's always exceptions to every rule. But most of the states have one designated broker and then a whole bunch of party with them of their managing brokers, which, you know, as you and I kind of know, because I always relate it back to Arizona, your managing brokers do 90% of the same work as your designated broker. Mm-hmm. They're there to support the agents. They're there to keep everything compliant. They're there to make sure we've got that good broker supervision and the right agent to broker ratio. Um, but of course, they don't always have the final liability. Now, there's a couple states in there where you know they have odd rules here and there, and you do have to have brokers in charge in each location. So then they all carry the same liability, the same responsibility. Um, it's even even the staffing piece for how different all the 50 states is, is, is a, just one other big puzzle trying to make sure, you know, whose MLSs require what distance. Do you have to have brick and mortar? Do you not need brick and mortar? It, 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 that's been a fun puzzle to solve. I was going to say that, that I, I envision and, and we'll all be all, in all transparency. We chatted about this in the green room, yeah. but in all transparency, you, you must have this amazing spreadsheet of Rules and regulations in every single state in the country. It's it's uh it's my lifeline. Um, <laughs> uh, it literally takes a good solid five minutes to load on your computer. It, I can't even tell you how many sheets and pages we have in it, but we have just gone through the country and any question that either tech has asked, that we could think of, that accounting has asked, that marketing has asked, um, that we needed to build out the policies and procedures manual, that you need to build out an independent contractor agreement. We just constantly work. Uh, we've got an amazing lady named Gina Henderson. She's our operations excellence manager and for the whole country. And she makes sure that those brokers keep those sheets up to date with any new licensing. They're always in there maintaining them. And I think, and when I think of it, when I first started, we were at 7,000 agents in 37 states. And if it was not for that spreadsheet that we have just so diligently built out, it, it would it would be a lot harder to accomplish. But that spreadsheet is, is, it's just been golden for us. 
you know, yeah. there's wow. not a department in the company. It hasn't helped. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the strength behind EXP. And that was Glenn's um, understanding that he didn't like profit share so much when he was with a company that did profit share right. and his, his mind worked in such a way that he said, I know there's a way we can do revenue share. And so, you know, if I had that conversation with them and it's, it's so interesting uh, and there are a lot of people to this day, you know, this, you know, this, Stacey, that say, this is, this can't work. It's, it's going to eventually Absolutely. crumble. How do you answer that question? You know, to say that I didn't have some of those thoughts when I first was looking at EXP, mm-hmm. I did same questions. Everybody else had what I've watched happen over the years. Um, you know, every company grows, every company matures. And getting to watch how Glenn has taken the time to ensure through every financial model possible, through setting up parameters, making sure that we always pay out 50% of company dollar. So we always have 50% of company dollar for operating to run off of. And one of the things that has been so fascinating is when you think of normal overhead for a real estate company, you think of the fact that you have to have an admin there Monday through Friday, eight five, you've got to have this, you've got to have that, you've got all of this that you're having for each individual branch office that you run. Mm. So, you know, when we look at our benefit of staffing for a whole country, you know, I can have my transactions help there on the weekend for a half a day. And I've only had to bring five people, 10 people in, and they can serve the whole country. And, you know, even when you think of being able to staff state by state, we're able to get the agents as much support as they need and everything that they've got to offer but we're able to keep the cost down because we're able to hire and scale by having them cover more ground and more territory. Um, And it's also helped too, because it's given us the ability to hire the best of the best. We're not, you know, like even look back, like our, our broker in Arizona, Beth Adams, she's up in Camp Verde. Would we have been able to get a broker of best caliber if she needed to move to Phoenix to be our broker? No, probably not. People Mm -hmm. don't want to move. But we're able to do that. And so when Glenn went through all of this, he didn't just look at, you know, his big thing is making sure that agents feel like they have a vested interest in this company because he knows that is what will keep agents here. If they, if this, if they know that this means as much to them as it does to us, they're going to stay, you know? And so he was able to figure out how do I get them a portion of what we do and what everyone does, which fascinatingly also leads people to be where they want to help each other. They're genuinely encouraged. Even if you have nothing to do with my revenue share, I still want you to do better because I own stock. The more you do, the more the company profits. He's figured out that, that special sauce that says, how do I get agents to help each other? And then by yeah. breaking down the walls and having all these masterminds in the world, you know, I get to talk to agents in New York and hear the different ways that they're doing real estate that maybe I'd never heard in Arizona. And, and they're actually bringing new ideas to each other because they're not worried about being competition. They're, they're there to actually help each other. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's, it's an amazing story. Um, one that, one that gets told on stages all the time now, yeah. <laughs> once we get back to real life conferences, there's, it seems like Glenn is a fixture in the Inman world. Brad yeah. loves having him up there, you know, chatting with them and seeing where things are going. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just an amazing, uh, just an amazing story that, uh, no one really saw it coming. You don't. And, and, and even just, I don't think everybody has really gotten to, to hear from Glenn. You know, he, 
he doesn't just think of this through the real estate brokerage itself. He, he mm-hmm. thinks of the agents within the real estate brokerage and wants to know what else can we do as a company? What other things, which is why he acquired Verbella. You know, he yeah. wanted to make sure that as they continue to own stock, the value isn't just in the real estate company. The value is in all the other companies that he goes yeah. and looks at. And so he's got that really good ability to be able to say, okay, we've done this and we're doing good. And as you and I've talked about, that ability to then step back and say, take it, run it. I'm going to go start on B and let's go from B to C and C to D. And and he moves fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does. That's great. That's great. Um, I, you know, we're, we're, feels like we're the pandemic, the end is in sight. It feels like it's there. It's a little ways away. Um, how, how, how did, how did things, first of all, I imagine in, with your model, it was relatively easy because you you didn't have a whole bunch of people at a bunch of brokerages around the country where um, right-sizing staff was an issue. It, it was easier to handle for you, I would imagine. And how are you feeling you know, going forward? How do things look? You know, you know it's funny. Um, not only was it easier for us as staff, but... I, you know, I, I kind of thought back to like, remember in 08 when we all had to shift really, really fast. Right. Yep, yep. Um, and I think a lot of us that went through that, I think those agents probably shifted quicker this time because we've done it once before at least. Right? right. But what I loved was a lot of the agents at the other brokerages were trying to figure out how to start virtually connecting with their broker, how to start virtually connecting with their office while also figuring out how to virtually connect with their clients. Hmm. We kind of got that cool advantage that the agents and brokers had it done. It was worked out. Like they knew what they were doing. And so then it was just everybody shifting to take care of the clients. And it was just, it was such a fascinating year to watch our legal team, like tirelessly every single day, 50 different chats on whose executive orders are where and making sure that they were guiding the brokers who then could guide the agents and just taking as much weight off everybody. So what we were pleasantly surprised at how much our business boomed during the pandemic. And, and, you know, I, there's moments I feel like that almost sounds bad to say, but, you know, cause we're not, we're not happy that we did well through it, but at the same time, we were able to figure out how to continue to serve the people that wanted to buy and sell and how to have our agents move forward and, and, we have had incredibly a record-breaking year and you know a lady named amelie runs our transactions team and just watching her go through not knowing where transactions were going to be and and planning for a possible stop of transactions to instead 25 50 75 percent growth and just knock it out of the park so for us i i mean maybe i'm pollyanna roses and unicorns i don't know but i I just feel like right now we're on such a really cool trajectory. It just, are, there's nothing in our projections that says we're going in any other direction right now. That's great. Yeah. Stacy, I'll, uh, I'll wrap this up and let you get to get to work because the world's waiting for you. They are um, waiting. The <laughs> final, final question I've asked every guest since Jay Thompson episode one is what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just starting out in the business? You know, it's funny. I'm always going to go back to, um, <laughs> my my dorky one that I will never not tell any real estate agent is if you're not seriously keeping a database from day one, please do it. Because if I could think of my biggest mistake in real estate, it was I did not log every single database from the beginning and keep in touch with them. Yeah, You forget how valuable that is. Um, but then when I go from there, I guess there's a couple things. Learn as much as you can. 
because, you know, I have had a lot of people ask me how I moved through where I did, right? Um, and I think it's because I'm curious and I have to learn and I can't sit still and take every serious education piece you can, you know, yeah. take, take the ones that cost you something, take the ones that are worth learning. And then last but not least, treat it as a business. It's not a hobby. It is a business. Know your books, know your numbers. It'll change your life. Stacy, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, so my name, Stacy Onan at gmail.com is perfect. Okay. Awesome. Um, absolutely. And just anytime, any questions, I'm here. This has been so much fun. Thank Likewise, you. Thank you so you. much. For, yeah. I really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are and, uh, and I look forward to, you know, talking to you in the future and kind of watching what eXp is doing. So thank you so much. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Have a good one. It's nice to see you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Mm-hmm.